0: hey guys this is crazy juicy love if you're ready to change your life your finances and your love life hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you this is season two of crazy juicy love why hiring a coach will change your life So welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast. I have Relationship Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Hi! Hi. <Yes.
1: laughs>
0: How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Um, I'm great. Um, thank you. For one, this whole podcast has been the creation of to this moment has been sort of like a divine... <laughs> Way Weaving To getting us To this place You know I first met you At a party Of a yes. mutual friend And yes. I don't think We even talked about um, Calling in one Or the pussy book did we We were just like
2: No No We were just Talking and being
0: okay.
1: Enjoying
0: the, <laughs> Yeah And then You came up to me One day At you know The event And um, We both have A mutual friend Paven, Who's also in the podcast A photographer If you guys Want to um listen to that. Also, please click and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and then you came up to me and you're like, Yeah, I heard you're reading the pussy book. <laughs> and um, she said we should connect. And I was like, Oh, you know, yeah. you know, enjoy that book. Yeah. Um, then lo and behold, you also did the calling in the one work, which is what I'm certified in. Just like how coincidence and crazy that all this comes to now in fruition and
1: stuff like that
2: yes yes and I would like shout out to Paven and Paven Cardiff photographer photography yay yes um, she really she was like you need to talk to Jimmy and I'm like okay let's, let's uh, yeah. talk to me so she's um instrumental so thank you
0: yeah so let's start with your calling in the one journey yes um so tell but- me like how did you even find the book like how did it come to you like what where and where were you in your life at that so moment that the book popped up you know
2: where i was in my life um ah that was 2000 i want to say it was 2016 november 2016 mm. and i had just that year, I completed the leadership program at Landmark, mm-hmm. where I met Paven and other awesome, awesome, awesome friends. So
0: you did the introduction leaders program. I
2: did. I did oh, okay. the introduction okay, leaders program, and um, that program um, we completed that program at you know graduated in the year, <laughs> year two thousand sixteen, and so a lot of people were uh talking or we had like a group chat and they were like or talking like oh this book is amazing and so and so just found their person with the book and so and so is getting married because of the book and i'm like what is that i, yeah,
0: what a, I what want that in? Book? yeah right
2: <laughs> give it to me um let me in and so you know it's just people here's a book organizing yeah. themselves Boy. and
0: here's my book like worn out. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
1: but,
2: so, the only reason mine isn't is because I had it like covered and protected, and you know. So, I you know, that was my when we started, and it turned out we turned out to be a group of 10 women who were really committed into um, doing the book and we would like sat down and with dates and and all of these women uh had just completed the introduction leader program so uh we were high into uh, you know highly trained into being committed to a date and time and just being a word mm-hmm. and so we just sat down and said these are the dates we're getting together these are the, the times these are the places and I really took it on, Uh, mostly because I, um, well, just to back up, back a little bit, um, I, growing up in Venezuela, where I'm from, a lot of things had happened in my life that I had just made a decision of, I'm going to be single forever. I will never get married. And these were words that actually came out of my mouth. Okay, but I'm
0: I'm curious, like, what happened that made you say that because something had to happen for you to say you know what I am done I, I'm gonna be singing for the rest of my life because yes. my mother is like that she's like I'm done no man you know I married to the Lord that's it so what happened to you <laughs> that's her you know yes. I,
1: mean? I was going on the
0: I, I, I even bought her the Colleen and Juan book I bought her the pussy book to hopefully crack something open but I'm curious what happened for you in your life that you
2: yeah so for me It was mostly like uh, the growing up piece, right? Um, In my childhood, just for uh, many reasons that... uh, I didn't grow up with my father next to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we come to discover through the landmark work that we do that I made up a story in my head about why is my father not next to me. And the story that I made was that he abandoned me because he didn't care about me. So, and then my mother remarried and I grew up with my, um, uh, what you call Stepfather.
1: Stepfather,
2: And uh, so I... It it wasn't pleasant. Let's just like, (laughs) let's just like, it just was not pleasant. And so the experience of not being with my father and having a fatherly figure there that wasn't pleasant and the example of marriage that I saw with my mom, I was like, this is not what I want and then experiencing you know like when you're a teenager or like growing up of course the very first relationships are not the best you know because I didn't have a good role model I wasn't necessarily attracted to the best uh, relationships and I was like I this is a headache I don't want this and relationships is just a lot of trouble and it's nobody wants me anyway everybody's gonna leave me and in fact a lot of people left me that was the truth Mm. for me so I said no I you know didn't exactly say I'm gonna marry the Lord like your mom said but I was actually on my path to become a missionary so I did wow. I do have a year it's so funny to say that I did went to the seminary I was getting ready to
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> go to the world and be wow. with the Lord that was the path um and life happened and I ended up coming to New York and and sorry from Venezuela to the United States and specifically to New York and for decades, all of my twenties and part of my thirties, I I was open to having relationships, but I was like, I'm not gonna get married. No. I don't want to have children. That's not for me.
0: And, um, and, and I'm gonna interrupt you for a second because it's something that you you said is very important as part of the calling into one work. Is that you know we have these sort of like core belief distinctions as a part of when you get trained, and one of, and it sounds like one of your things is like you know. What You said, I I am alone, like saying, so I'm curious with that, that declaration, how did you made sure that you were going to be alone? Like, what are the actions that you were taking? Like, what are the things you were doing? What were you always saying that made that really real for you and believe that this is the truth?
2: Yeah. So number one, always make sure I was with unavailable men. Mm. Always every single one of them was unavailable either emotionally unavailable or like i even had a long distance relationship for three years right so like i was here and he was in turkey like in istanbul like even the time difference was like super unavailable (laughs) absolutely and i but i wouldn't see it right like talk about my blind spots like i'm like oh yeah I am open to love like I'm not like no 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 I have a relationship that it was always unavailable man
1: yeah
2: um always relationships that for one reason or the other would have to like end, and that was just that's how I made sure and also with my words I trained people around me Yeah. Like my family, my my friends, they knew Saibel will never get married. She doesn't want to get married. Saibel doesn't want to have
0: kids. Yeah, right. And And that's so, I'm glad you said that. Like, you know, a lot of us don't realize that we train other people to help keep that belief alive. I'm not sure if you can recall, like, what are some of the things that you were saying, if you can recall, that you would like tell your friends and family that, they will also respond to validate that core belief like do you recall anything that you used to say
2: i would literally said marriage is not for me Mm -hmm. i'm very happy being single look at me i can travel i am free you know my life i don't have to uh, coordinate with anybody like Mm -hmm. i can come and go and honestly a lot of my married uh friends uh, were a little bit jealous It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's true. You, you do come and go. You do, like, do whatever you want. So um, I made it sure. Like, it was all that bluff and fluff But, you know, like, it was a great life. It was a great life.
1: I'm independent.
0: Then, I don't need anyone. Like, you know, just like your ego was very on display about this whole thing. about Yes. You. Yes.
2: And then I joined the Introduction Leaders Program.
0: Shattered that shattered <laughs> Daddy.
2: And exactly. And so I vividly, I can tell you, one night, I woke up in the middle of the night like this. And I was like, oh, my Lord, I do want to get married. I do want to really? have
1: kids.
2: Like that. Because I was exploring why. What was the reason behind that? And I discovered in my dreams, I don't know, like I discovered that it was... Um, fear. That what was behind that belief, it was fear. Fear of failure. Fear of not uh, being able to make it. Fear of this is actually not for me because I don't deserve it.
0: And, but I'm, I'm curious now that because those dreams are sparked by some previous conversation that you were having or maybe at the time when you were in the <clears throat> International Music Program at the time. So, yes, so I guess, where you did you get coached around this, or like, I, someone say something to you that stayed with you? I'm curious about that.
2: I was getting coached, but not around relationships. <clears because throat> mm-hmm. My, I was so clear. Like my, there was nothing about it in my communication. Mm. Like, no, I'm single. This is that's it. But I was getting coached. And sorry, I was getting coached around other areas of my life. And the fears that stopped me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you start looking in one area, it just affects every other area. So Mm -hmm. that one came out of the blue. I was not expecting. So, you know, when you do a lot of personal development work, sometimes you get results that you were not expecting, right? Right. This was, I was like, no, this is, my, this is the one area I'm clear about mm-hmm. until, I, until I was like, wait a second, this decision, the driving force behind this decision is fear. And then I'm getting trained that I'm going to be uns- unstoppable, right? In the face mm-hmm. of fear. So I'm like, okay, then let me get behind it. If right. fear wasn't there, is there a desire for me? to get married is there a desire for me to have children and the truth was like this like yes and then I was like freaking like I don't know 37 years old or something What like that happened i was like ooh, um I got some back paddling to do here like and so like rearrangements and what do I do about it mm-hmm. the first thing I did is I hired a love coach a love and relationship coach oh wow so I did do that and um, she was not training landmark or doing calling in the one or any of that and I didn't even know about the book. So when I hired her, I said, listen, this is what's going on and now I just really want to get clear whether this is really what I want or if I'm going to be single, then let me embrace that singleness in me but coming, not no longer like i have discovered the fear so like i really want to get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. and i started working with her so i was working with her so i was then doing like so i had landmark mm-hmm. i had a coach mm-hmm. and then the calling in the one uh book opportunity showed up and so i joined <laughs> so i had like a nice support group to really de- you know dive in deep and do the work and 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 see what was coming okay. what was going to be what coming. was that
0: fear and what was behind that fear and what was driving that fear basically yeah.
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah and so that and then I started my journey of calling in the one uh you know you've done it it's like it's really going deep within yourself looking into Uh, how the origins of your beliefs or your core beliefs how to get past them i was a very good student Mm because i am a very good student so i did all my work and i was absolutely in love with it and yeah and then i started like leading a a book club uh then i after i finished then I, i got another group of people to to do the book
0: with me okay awesome so I'm curious, you know, a part of
1: the,
0: the first phase of the um, process is like it's called preparing for love. Yes. And so I don't know if you can recall, like there is a section where you create your list of needs and then you... Like, oh, I need, you know, support and I need, you know, uh, reassurance or whatever the case is. Like, do you recall, like, the list that you wanted from somebody? Because normally what I find when I coach or uh, people that they're not clear most of the time, most people are not clear on their needs because they're not that for themselves or the people in their lives. So when you were making that list, like what did you discover? Like, okay, this is what I need. And how did you start applying that for that? That what was missing in your development to maintain or to create a relationship?
2: Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, so I was one of those people who wasn't clear on my needs and that, uh, I, <laughs> I was sitting down and doing my work and really going like, what, but what do I need? What do I want? And pulling in, every single resource that I've done before, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, five languages, everything. And I knew that I needed, um, I needed, basically I needed to feel respected. I needed to feel reassured. I needed those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So I made my list and then the beauty of it is, and then you become those things for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And that was the aha moment, like Mm -hmm. anything I was looking for out there. I'm looking for this out there in somebody Mm -hmm. else to give it to me. And no one is going to come and give that to you unless you give that to yourself. So um, you can say I started dating myself at that point. (laughs) <laughs> like Which is great, and
0: yeah. and I and I have clients date themselves. because so they're like they look, they give me like a, a look, or they say like, "What go out on a date with, my, with myself?" I'm like, "Yeah, like you need to know what it's like to be to feel cherished, to 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 feel nurtured, to feel loved, to like what it's like to go on a date with yourself. and just feel like you're whole and complete. Not like you're alone, but when you on a date, because I've done this many of times, on a date with yourself and you're sitting down, you're treating yourself to what it is to feel special. Then you're like, oh, this is what it's like. I can feel special by myself. I don't need anyone to feel that. Not like I don't need anyone, but I'm generating that for myself and not relying on someone else to do that for me. And it's just like what you said, like I need to be respected so how I'm just curious, because I hear a lot of women say that, like, I need to be respected. So how, and I always get, well, how do you respect yourself? How are you not respecting yourself? Which is the question of the hour. Like, how are you not respecting yourself? So how for you, like, how were you not respecting yourself? And how do you start to shift that to gaining respect and respecting yourself?
2: I was not respecting myself by um, not having boundaries. Mm. Right. So then I pull in my other next favorite book, which is called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. Highly recommended. Um, but not knowing when to say no, but not feeling safe that i saying like mm. I don't do that. So when uh, uh, I was going to say a boy for some reason. So when I was on a <laughs> date with a man, I <laughs> sometimes are boys or behave like. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you know, with like I was on a date and and certain men you know they try to go past certain boundaries i was not respecting myself by not speaking up my truth Mm -hmm. that was a very hard thing for me to do speak up and say no that i'm not comfortable with that i'm not doing that Mm -hmm. and so that's you know how am i expecting over there the respect to come from over there when it has to start here that's like a a, one example i was not respecting myself when i was not treating myself for nice things you know for example Mm -hmm. i was not respecting myself when i'm not even caring about the place where i live like my apartment was empty there wasn't even one little plant or picture in my apartment no exactly yes (laughs) and and those are very um you know very concrete things and ways of like you're just a message coming out to the world of what is it that I value and care for? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I wasn't showing that to myself. So if I'm not doing that to myself, of course, whatever I was attracting was just reflecting that back to me. Right. And then the frustration. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's really great. Cause I, 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 and it's great coming from someone who's been through the work. Cause it's like a, a lot of, single or even couples don't even realize that you know like things like having plants having pictures having uh you know things that reflect love not available in your house in your bathroom all you are basically creating this whole world around you to keep you single to like remind you that you're single to like not even welcoming love and all those things um, that you started to like, like, like a simple thing as a plant. Um, really, like you're you're taking care of something. Like you're pouring your yourself into something that is only the sole purpose of it, just to like give life and just give give back to you. Even though it's not like a physical like emotional thing, but the very source of a plant or a flower is to give to bring beauty to to make you smile when you when you see that and and, and those things. Are cultivating us within of how to give love and how to care. Like, and I used to be so concerned when I, used to have, when I started to get plants because I couldn't keep them alive. I was just like, oh my God, I can't keep plants alive. What does that say about me? You know what I mean? And I was just like, okay, calm down. Like, because before I used to get succulents, but succulents with like cactus plants are very low maintenance. <laughs> I could just water them once a week. And then I was like, okay, let me move into plants that needed a, a little bit more maintenance because I couldn't keep them alive. And now they're like alive. I was like, oh, phew, I can like uh, know how to keep something alive. But it's, we laugh at that. But it, it's it's a, a lot of this is a reflection of how we maintain and can keep love alive. To keep healthy yeah. relationships, you know. I
2: see a little plant in the back.
0: Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's alive and thriving.
2: I have my plants still alive and thriving as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> and, and there was a point in my life where there wasn't even, not even a cactus would live here. So um, I dated a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot, and they all brought me back a gift if I was able to. To look for the for the gift and the gold in the other person. There was one particular man who was he didn't want to come back and, and be in my apartment. And then one day I was like, Why are we always going to your apartment? And he was like, Because your apartment is boring. Mm. And then I was like, hmm. And I went back home that day and I was like, oh my god, he's alright. Every word, like, just like, yeah. And and then that really was a gift because I was like then started looking into my place and it was like there is nothing in this apartment that says cyber minions i'm very colorful and i'm very decent Mm -hmm. but there is nothing in this apartment that reflects that love and so you know uh that date came and went you know that Mm -hmm. goodbye but he left me with a gift and in my work with my uh love coach Uh, We really went into that and then I remember the summer of that year um, 2016. That summer, I spent the whole summer arranging my apartment with my own hands. I painted it like mm-hmm. I have fun colors. Like one of the like the kitchen is like pink, and I have pictures on the wall from my, all my tr- um, all my trips. And I arrange every single thing. I put so much love into my apartment. Mm-hmm. And today, people walk into this apartment and they like they feel home. They feel it's like a reflection of me. I love my apartment, and it's kind of dangerous because now. I don't sometimes I don't want to leave I'm like here (laughs) (laughs) all the time I'm like I don't want to leave so but that's uh, just going back to your question a very specific way on how we I was not respecting myself but I wouldn't see it this is the beauty of it I wouldn't walk around being like oh I'm Bella Nunez I don't respect myself like if you had asked me I'm like I respect myself
0: (laughs) yeah like most of us don't walk like again like what you just said is perfect like we don't walk around like oh i you know i don't respect myself we have this belief that we are respecting ourselves but at the same time our core belief that what we don't know we don't know about that core belief is very alive and thriving and running the show and we don't know it yes. and it is literally running the show thinking that we are i am respected i am respectful i am putting myself out there but all that has been driven or driving through some kind of fear some kind of core belief that keeps you saying well there's no good men out there well there's no good women out there you know and it's something you just said too like i you know I, you know i'm still i'm single and i done all this work and and i and i and it takes someone who's done a lot of work because we're going to get into your own relationship what you call them but somebody who's done a lot of work to be with someone, or like me, anyway. So I had a friend of mine come over, and um he came to. We were going to do a, a podcast together, and he looked at my room. He was like, "Your room looks like a bachelor pad," and I, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "This looks like a college dorm," and I was like, "No, it's not. Like, I, you know, it's like." He's like, "No," and I was just like, and when he left, I was like. Oh my God, it does look kind of like. And I was like, I immediately took everything off the walls. I like painted my whole room like a clean color and I just like right now I just have like my my certification on the wall with this like beautiful gold frame and I'm not sure what else I'm going to put in it but I, like I'm gonna I'm getting a new bed to make it bigger like just like I was just like oh no like I'm changing <laughs> this because it's like okay here I am trying to call it like wanting a call in a relationship and I'm still like I, I didn't I, I didn't even like think about it but I knew something it, it, when I walked in my room I was like something is like not right about the room. but then when my friend said it, it was just like, oh my goodness, it's so right. Like that's what's off about that whole cultivating love or space oh, for love. A space for love.
2: It's so beautiful that you say that because it's also in one of the chapters of the book, I don't know exactly which one, but mm-hmm. you talk about preparing
0: a space yeah, for, preparing life, a right? for love, Yeah, so
2: that, uh, love cannot come into a space, like if the space is not ready. Mm-hmm. So when, um, when it was time for us to study that with a group that I with my friends and my girlfriends that we did I was so happy because I had already done that work with my coach in that in the summer I just mentioned right Mm -hmm. Uh, because in the book uh there's a specific homework you have to go around the, the rooms of the house and and make sure everything is like is staying welcoming to love and my house had already was already like that and the only adjustment I made which was crazy and it sounds crazy it's the actual opening up a space in the closet for that other person so talk mm-hmm. about like um step of faith right so <laughs> i remember like i organized my closet and i purposely left empty places in my closet and mm-hmm. this is like for his shirt like i literally had two racks and I'm like this is where his shirts are gonna go this is where his pants are gonna go this is where his things are gonna go I emptied um one of the night tables this is where he his things are gonna go I emptied one I think one um other drawer so like mm. I made space and the funny part was always when the cleaning lady will come and she would like fill up all those spaces like put stuff in there and then I would have to be like nope this needs to be open. When I open my closet, I need to visually see that space for him. He is coming. I did that in 2016, Mm -hmm. early 2017. And it's like, it feels crazy because nothing in my life said he is coming for sure. He's going to be real. I am just walking. I'm, I'm just like, awakening from you know I had just had that wake up experience I'm just like retraining the people in my community to tell them by the way 15 years of telling you I don't want to get married right. uh, <laughs> pause that thing like no I do want to get married I do want to have kids it was hard to have those conversations too because it was almost like admitting that I had you know like looking good I had to go out of the window all of these things but I did it and I was committed
0: right. And it's like, that's really something you really said, which is not in the book, but like retraining your friends, retraining the people around you. And I find that so one of the critical things that it's so overlooked. People don't even realize how they've been training the the people in their life. And I had to like, you know, this wasn't relationship wise, but I was like, when I was doing the Introduction to the Program, I discovered that for myself, because I was always complaining about this program and complaining, complaining, complaining. I would talk to my best friend. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God, like the more I complain about this to him, he's like telling me like, oh, just quit, just quit, just quit, just quit. And I remember calling him back and I was just like, okay, if I call you again to complain, tell me to shut the hell up and get my ass back in that program. And that really woke me up to a lot of other things. Like, how am I training people in my life around relationship? Luckily, I wasn't doing that with with love. But I hear people all the time, like, complain to me, complain to me, complain to me. And I say, well, that's what's going to happen. That's what you're calling it. And they get mad at me. And I'm like, well, why are you getting mad at me? You're telling me that this is not going to happen for you. I'm just saying right back what you're saying to me. So, if you want something different, you have to change the language that you're saying. Like, you can't get mad when somebody's reflecting back to you what you are putting out in the world. <clears throat> so, I'm just curious if, like, those conversations, like, like, how was that? Like, what did you have to say to your friends or family or someone in particular? Like, how did you start to retrain yourself with the language and those people?
2: Yeah, um, it was it was a beautiful process because it really got me present to how much love um, there is in out there in our communities for us. Uh, and I and I say us because I can tell you, oh, my community love me so much. But the mm-hmm. truth is, anyone who has friends, right? Your friends just want to see you happy. Right. So I like literally picked up a phone, it you know, one by one. The first person I called was my sister and I said, Listen, I understand this is what I've been saying. And I realized that it was coming from a face of fear.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: and I now I wanna get married and have kids. And I'm aware that I'm well, like I'm so I'm closer to my forties than when I'm into my thirties. So, you know, I <laughs> you know i'm aware that my my biological clock might be like well too late <laughs> you know uh and and i'm aware of that and assuming those responsibilities right because it's like the consequences of the lifestyle i chose mm-hmm. to have and i'm going to start this journey and i call and everybody they just reflected back a lot of love and a lot of like we we'll support you we'll support mm-hmm. you i, I may like 15 calls and and a lot of my friends were also like finally because it (laughs) was almost they were like it's almost a crime that you do not um that you go through this life without having a relationship it's almost a crime that you go through this life without like raising a child because you're amazing and this and that so that was I got a lot of support Mm -hmm. I didn't get any like um and of course I started with the easiest people too I started with the people Uh, that I knew that were gonna be like supportive of me. So, and then it gets easier, and then it's like, oh yeah.
0: I and and I'm grabbing on to something about conversations because the next one of the next things is completion conversations, and I'm curious, like, uh, and especially a lot of people who haven't done, you know, landmark work, and we keep bringing a landmark, but, um, but this is, I thought this was like. Shifted my love life completely, like having these completion conversations with people I dated. And I remember I, I started with the hardest conversation with my first boyfriend. Like I, you know, I didn't want to see him at a time, and I, you know, wrote him this letter. And then he was like, "Oh, I want to see you." And I remember having that conversation with him and saying, "You know, I, you know, I had this belief that you know you were not the one," and I made sure that was going to happen. Like you were not. The one, you're not gonna have a chance with me, and I fought you every step of the way. And like having that conversation was a little—it uh, was—it was uncomfortable, but it was—it wasn't about him. It was about setting myself free. Um, and I remember, like it, like just somehow woke me up, and it's like I felt—I felt freed actually, because I for so long I was so angry or resentful i I saw him walking down the street i would walk across the street i didn't like it was just you know and i was sharing this with my friend too like you know um i remember one year a picture of him with another guy popped up on my instagram and he was engaged and that that pissed me off because when i was together with him he didn't want to get married he Mm -hmm. didn't want to get engaged you know he wanted to be you know just Um, just boyfriends, you know, he didn't want to go out. He didn't want to have friends. He didn't want to, like, go out at night. You know, he just wanted to go to the theater movies or, you know, and just go back home. He didn't want to go dancing. He didn't want to like all these things. He didn't want to go to the beach. He did want to go have a picnic at the park. And all of a sudden, he, like, started doing all those things after, you know, our relationship. And I was just like, fuck this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> and, like, and I would, like, look for those things, and other people, and I was basically self-sabotaging every single person that I dated thereafter. So I'm curious of like, did you have completion conversations and how did they go? And like, what did you learn from those experiences?
2: Yeah, so I, my completion conversations um, had been happening from the day I did the form right, right? okay oh so that was 2012 so it was like ongoing uh, completion conversations the most important completion conversation that I needed to have and I didn't at the time have it physically I had it via uh, letters was with my mom mm-hmm. uh, who passed away so I couldn't have I you know I just have to write letters or like speak to her like in spirit or imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepfather and my father because these were the source this was like if I go all this is the source where I created all my stories of Mm -hmm. I'm not lovable and I'm not this Mm -hmm. and I'm not that so those were the most important completion conversations and in my experience um, for me transformation has happened in layers layers mm-hmm. like first the the first layer that i can that I, I can i don't know uh handle i guess and then once I, I get complete with that then something else pops up and then then something else pops up mm-hmm. and so it's a uh, constant conver- uh, completion conversations about multiple exercises and then finally i uh, this september 2017 i was reviewing the forum and i finally got the, the guts to call my stepfather because there was a lot of um, resentment there for me and that I saw that that is what was getting in the way for me to like really attract uh, the good the good man I was looking for, the good man I was looking for and so I called him and I said listen, um, I just want to tell you that I don't have resentment, I don't hold this resentment against you anymore. And, you know, he was in Venezuela and he's like, good. I don't resent you either. (laughs) 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 And that alone, I'm like, (laughs) you know, but then I was like, OK, great. And then he said, "Um, you know, I'm old and I feel like I'm going to die soon. And I said, well, then I'm glad I called you. I said, I'm glad I'm able to have this conversation with you and like really have nothing. And then he said he was very proud of me. And he gave me the, the moment he said those words, I realized, oh my God, this is what I was looking for in other people, the approval. And then I was like, I don't need an approval from this old man. Like, this is ridiculous. I spent my whole life looking for approval over there. And so this man is finally saying like, you know, I'm very proud of you, blah, blah, blah. We had the conversation we had. A few months later, he did pass away. So it was like very freeing. Um, and that was the key the key because that conversation happened in the fall of 2017 and I met my fiance in May 2018 so I knew that that was like the you know there are completion conversations you can have and then there is the completion conversation right so what I would say is like um, don't go around it. Like, don't be like me. <laughs> like I was so afraid to go to the source, just like get right into it and go. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. But you had a really good, another key factor. And some i I'm going to call in one work is like, you had all these things set up around you. You had a coach, you know, you had doing a group, you had, you know, the uh, IOP work. So you had like a, a really good cultivated, a, a relationship that supported what you were doing, and you that you had people that you could reach out to you, and you know back and pick you up if you fell down or if you were hurt or if you were like getting uh, triggered. You know, you you set that up, which is <clears throat> which is one of the other principles of calling one like really cultivating you know a, a life that supports what you're out to create. Yeah. So you know, talk about me about this man. Like so what like what happened? Like how did like you so you did all this work, you had the conversation, um, and then like how did you like how did he show up and how did you know that when you met him, he is reflecting back all the things that you have been working on yourself?
2: listen i met him at a at a personal development course not in another company and it was called the desire course so i'm now like when i met him i had already done the crossover from uh, calling in the one in landmark, I was o- something in me was already looking for more feminine power and mm-hmm. like stuff so then we'll talk a little bit about that so I was looking into like how do I get access to my desires and he was there a, pers- a participant and we I talked think he about- was
0: he he was the only man there right no 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 and no, no, was- no. Oh, okay, okay.
2: No, no. no no there were like uh, a few other men he was the only man <laughs> 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 Like he was not the only man. We had a two-second conversation because uh, we were just like he saw my name tag, I think, and my name tag uh, said Bella, and so he like started speaking Italian, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to speak Italian too. So he asked me, do you like Italian food? And I'm like, yeah. And then he was like, well, I'll just come, uh, maybe I can come and cook for you sometime. Ooh. What I heard after dating so many times, so many men in New York where com- there is no commitment, I, I've heard so many times men being like, oh, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you. I was like, I have no time for this. So I gave him my number like, oh, you want to cook for me? Here's my number. When you're ready, call me. Uh, come and cook for me. And um, I never expected him to follow up. What they offer? <laughs> and he's,
0: well, he's, a, he's a, a real Italian from Italy.
2: <laughs> well, you know, his parents are from Sicily. He was born, uh, uh, using his words, he was conceived in Rome, uh, but then uh, <laughs> I know oh and, and then <laughs> here in New York, born and raised in New York, but with these Italian roots. So, like Italian or Sicilian was his first language, and then you know, like. Uh, like many immigrant people here in in New York, right? But so he's Italian and he speaks Italian, and you know, so he's Italian American. Um, so yeah, he showed up. Uh, he texted me. He showed up one day. We arranged it, and the next thing he, I opened the door of my apartment, and he walked in with everything needed to make me the most delicious uh, pasta and meal. Uh, he brought in the pots, the water, the everything. That's I was nice, like. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> everything. <Wow. laughs> and I was like, and good. And good thing he did because I don't, he didn't know this about me, but I don't cook. I don't own anything to cook. My kitchen, the, the biggest joke with my friends is like my kitchen, it's it's always like empty. I'm like, I, I don't, there's no joy for me in cooking. I love eating, but not cooking. And So I don't know how to do that.
1: <laughs>
2: so he walks in uh, and I didn't know. The th- first date this is the first date but it wasn't a date because he didn't ask me out on a date so to this day the joke is we have never dated
0: <laughs> but, I'm, but i'm curious that about something before you go any further of especially and now in today's age like what made you trust him to come over and cook
2: yeah that's like the big question like what was I thinking what made me trust I think that what made me trust um, is um, because I haven't spoken to him that much I didn't know him but I where I met him so this is not somebody I just picked up at a bar I met him at a course uh, this com- the the place where we uh, took this course is smaller so the like it's a smaller community it's a safe community so even though I didn't know him I knew the community I knew a lot of people mm-hmm. who knew him so I felt safe it's like it's like if, if it's like if I met you like when I met you at a party with a common friend and if, if it's like if we made a connection you say hey let's I'll, I'm gonna come cook like okay I can trust because of a place where I met him. Even though it also, it, it was risky. It, was it,
0: risky. Is, <laughs> it is risky, yeah. <laughs> it was very risky. He could have been lurking at this place. Like, you know, uh, you know, and like he could have be a lurker. Like, you know, just like, you know, I just read the other day, like this woman who was in the Uber drive, the Uber car, and a guy was like driving her somewhere else, even though it's a whole different other like thing. But the guy was taking her to some place to get kidnapped and she like got out of the car. You know, so it's like, I'm, you know, It's just such a divine thing that happened between you two to like, there's something I'm sure that you connected with that said, you know, okay, yes.
2: Yes. And that's like... well, then I guess now that's where we do the transition to my work with uh, Regina Thomas Schauer, the School of the Womanly Arts, and, and having dived into Mastery, uh, School of Womanly Arts, Mastery, and the book, right? Yes. So the, rec-
0: the book is the pussy book, the pussy of reclamation, reclamation. Every <laughs> man needs to read <laughs> this
1: book. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and. um with the uh, me going into the studies of what it means to stand in my feminine power and in the divine feminine and the trusting the connection with the inside so Mm -hmm. what had me trust him it was that connection i like learning how to connect with myself inside and something inside of me was like yeah and and he like On paper, like not on paper, but like he isn't necessarily like my type. I I used to not date people that looked like him necessarily, but something inside of me was like, yes, go for it and and trust. So I did. And it was a leap of faith, I guess. I did trust him. It was very um, uh, wild for me to like just bring a man into my house that I've never really actually spoke to. (laughs) And I guess that's, you know, you also need to take risks. Um, I, other than using your words, there was some divine intervention and it was needed the divine, not intervention, but like divine guidance, Mm -hmm. because same with him or when he was in his life, um, it wasn't like we were like in our conscious mind, be like, "Oh, look at him," or he wasn't like, "Oh, look at her; she's going to be my life partner." Right. Um, so it, we were divinely guided, but we were open enough and connected enough to to listen to the to the to the guidance and to trust it. I guess that's the most simple way I can explain that. <laughs> and the connection was there. I mean, he came in, he cooked. We spent like seven hours in that first non-date. And wow. it was amazing. And then he leaves and we just like hug, like, oh thank you, hug. And then I was like, Oh, I guess I just made a friend. And then the second time again and he came and it was like six hours. And then another time, and then finally, you know, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like yes.
1: but <laughs>
2: things happen.
1: And so you are know, evil <laughs> and so I love it
0: this is it's an uncensored just, podcast <laughs> yeah, and put, put your crown on now
2: oh that's right <laughs> it's time for my crown I was like I oh, no. this is my crown um, this crown I got from doing the um School of Womanly Arts Mastery and it signifies that I'm, I am an initiated woman and what so, that means.
0: So for those of you who don't know, the School of Womanly Arts is created by Mama Gina. Mama Gina um created, you know, the book that she mentioned. Um, Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts and she created the Pussy Book when the Pussy Book came out, I think, last year, I'm two years ago. Actually, three. Uh, three years ago, and so I remember when I first heard about this book. One of my best friends, you know, she's female, and all she could do is stop talking about this book. She couldn't stop talking about this book, and she was sharing this thing with me, and and I was just like, "Oh, okay, a book about pussy." You know, like, like at the time, I didn't like really think about reading. It was just like, "Oh, this is for women," and I didn't even research it. Just like the title alone was just like, "Oh, that's not for me." you know and put like I'm a gay man like I don't like you know whatever and so she had finished the book and she was like you should read this book this probably will help you with your female clients and I was like oh yeah I was like oh well that makes sense it's like (laughs) you know I have a lot of women and then she was like well you also have male clients like you can teach them about women like and I was like Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean. So I like went on Amazon. I started reading. Like the reviews were crazy. I was like, you know what? If anything, it'll be a fun read. And um, and then when I bought the book, and I remember reading the very first couple of uh, pages. It was talking about the word itself, and it was saying how the word is just very, you know, um, perceived as this like very derogatory, very nasty word. And my mind, I was just like, really? Like, I was just like, it like it didn't like dawn on me. Like, you know, I, I know growing up, you know, men call each other that to put each other down, stuff like that. But it, it didn't really, like, when you, she says in the book, like when you, put down pussy. You put down the woman. You shut her down. You, you're, you're putting her beneath You're You're shutting her off. And I was like, let me see something. So, and my mother's birthday was coming up at the time. I was like, you know, I really want to get her this book. I'm like, I was like, you know, I was like really hesitant. You know, I didn't want to surprise her because I surprised her. I one year I bought her a dildo, which she didn't like. <laughs> like, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy her this thing because she's been single for forty years. Like, maybe she needs something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, she she didn't get rid of it.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: and uh, so that's all I know. But I was like, you know what? This time I'm like, I want to see like what, as I'm reading this book, like what my mom think about this word. So I just called her up and I said, mom, you know, I want to buy you this book, but I'm not sure. I'm really hesitant of the book because of the title. She go, well, what's, you know, what is the book? And I said, it's called Pussy. And she reacted like she got so upset. And I was just like, why are you upset? You have one. She's like, ah, uh, uh, that word is so, like, vulgar. Why I gotta be named this book? Like, and I was just, like, and I was, like, I was, I, I don't know, I was really shocked. And I was just, like, but that's what you have. Like, that's, you know, and I was just really, I was just, like, really, for some reason, I was just blown away of all this negative and... Uh, beliefs that she, I was like you. I was like you know you, you're making that up. That that word does not mean what you say it is. It's it means it's really coming from the. I can't remember the the. Maybe you know the word the like especially the word cunt. Like people react to this word cunt, and cunt is not even a bad word. It's like it means life force, which comes from another word. And I was just like, oh wow, like I didn't even know that word meant that word. And it's like, wow, we how we've turned this word that doesn't even mean it by definition to a word to like shut people down.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. And your mother's reaction is the reaction of a lot of women. And um, so what people don't read at the bottom of the title of the book is to me what's the most important, one of the most important words, which is, a reclamation
1: mm-hmm.
2: right so the whole work and the whole you know she intentionally chose that word she's very intentional about it because she knows that word causes the reactions similar to the one that your mom had it's very confronting it's very like it, it's you know and it's beautiful that you're reading the book and that you're into this being that you're uh, male you know like gay man but you know, because it was one thing for people to read about this but when you when as you told your mom you have one yes she has one and she has she has experienced what it feels like to be the recipient of all the insults and the shutting down because of the word so that word she, mama gina chose and then she says a reclamation this is a book to about reclaiming this about Mm -hmm. taking back the power taking back what it really means and that's what she does a very responsible thing which is going into the research on like let's take a look at the etymological uh, and uh, the things of this word, like what does it mean what does it come from Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and
2: then the counterpart the counterpart like the male word for genitalia like Penis. Nobody has a reaction about it. Nobody
0: <laughs> no. has anything about
2: it. People can just say, oh, yeah, my dude, You know, like, it, it, there is nobody going like, oh, you know, um, Bobby has something in his thingy. Nobody says that. They're like, oh, yeah, he has an infection, maybe, like in the penis, no problem. But if it was a girl... They don't, they don't say, oh, she has an infection in her pussy. They go like, oh, she has an infection, you know, in her part, in her private, in her thing, in, in her... Do-do. Nobody wants to name it. And her whole thing is about, like, why have we been trained to avoid it, to, like, shut down uh, where this is... If this is the, the place where life gets, you know... Like, it, it was, at some point... Um, worshipped you know like goddesses it it was like the whole thing and she's like let's take that back let's go back into what that means and so intentionally she shows that word to cause a shocking reaction right Mm -hmm. and then when and if not every woman is able to get past that right and what we have to show is a lot of compassion because this just means all the baggage they're bringing from the upbringing and the society and all of these things but when women are able to get past that they discover the beauty that you're talking about Mm -hmm. right and that's only the first chapter and then other practices that uh, mama gina teaches which is basically how to get in touch with yourself Mm -hmm. your feminine power how to like add pleasure to your life and like own it right like I am here wearing my crown that Mama Gina gave me and I have nothing about it. I have like uh, feathers to make this more nice, like pleasurable, you
1: know, like I'll
2: feather you Um, and how life can be really like how um, the feminine and the divine feminine really does give you access to that. Right.
0: yeah, Yeah, she says, like, when a woman turns on her pussy, she's actually turning on her life force and connecting back to her divinity. And, you know, that really, like, you know, struck me uh I, I don't know, like, as a, as a man, I was like, wow, like, really, you know, connecting back to work, reclaiming that word for yourself, like, uh, for yourself, like, you know, and I know a part of the book is talking about, like, your feminine energy, like, you know, she was saying, like, how Everybody has, like she said, feminine, femininity is based from which heaven and earth sprung. You know, that's a culture used from Titan Chen. And how, I said, oh, you know, because also Tony Robbins talks about like this too, like every person has feminine and masculine energy. And, <clears throat> and when you turn this on, like the woman is really connecting to her source, to her power. So talk to me like how, like connecting to that source. How did you start to connect to this source? Because like you were saying earlier, like you were looking for something more feminine to connect to your desire. So when you started to connect to <laughs> yours, well what did you have to break through to order to connect and turn that part of you on?
2: So um thank you for saying all of that. And uh the best the most simple way perhaps I can tell you about the difference between the masculine and the feminine <clears throat> energy that we all have. <sighs> Think of a masculine as a structure, right? So like masculine would be like a recipient, the container. And then the feminine is everything inside that it contains. I- I'm going to use, I just happen to have this. <laughs> this is like... <laughs> Uh, something for like bath, bath tea, chamomile rose. So the the masculine would be the container itself, and then the main the feminine is all the beauty inside that it's in there. So you need one to have the other, right? Like so, the the feminine without the structure is like work, right? So I had a lot of. I felt like I had had a lot of structure. And I was having access to that, especially through the work of landmark. It gives you a lot of
1: structure, structure a yes. lot of structure, <laughs>
2: right? and structure for fulfillment, and you need it. It's so needed. But then once I was there in my life, I felt like, all right, I have all the structures. What goes inside? And that's where I started turning into other um, uh, works, not just namagina. Like I was doing as factor I was doing all, like all the things that the women that are into that and desire. Is one of the biggest things that connects you to the feminine energy. So the mm-hmm. feminine energy will give you the access to creativity, desire, what do you want? And so the masculine is how do you get it? Okay, so feminine energy is what do I want? <laughs> you know, I want tea. The masculine is like, how am I gonna get you to tea? Right, and the steps to and all of that. So I was looking into like they don't have a desire person landmark so I was looking into like how do I learn more about desires and and So it it happens that I ended up in this, uh, program and, uh, my fiance, he had just finished a whole coaching program from, from these people that, uh, was, you know, teaching him all about masculine and feminine energy and the source of desires and the source of this. He was actually taking the desire course for the second time in his life. That's how much he liked it. Mm. So you know and desire is just like the more you get connected to it the more you know and the more it flows like a good exercise uh, to get connected to it is just like put a timer five minutes and just complete the work i want you know so whatever comes up i want a pedicure i want a Mm -hmm. hot dog i want and then uh, that's like a good simple way to like connect to that and yeah so i don't know if i
1: yeah so you
0: know and I know another part of you know um, reclaiming uh, the pussy um, is you know she talks about this. See <laughs> how comfortable you're talking about this, but um, the extended orgasm and how connecting to this like it was one of the most interesting parts of the book. <laughs> Um, with all the other structures and it. it's like the, the book is basically structured like Feminine masculinity, like all the structures in it and then like the masturbating was the play so you know it's like it says masturbation um, is a part of connecting to that um, source of yourself and because a lot of women are blocked like I hear it all the time like they don't have or know how to access or have men have them have that too so like did you struggle with that or like how absolutely
2: absolutely a lot of struggles that's what got me into like let me like learn more um so I grew up you know Christian and that the even the word that you just say masturbating like that's a big no like no (laughs) you don't do it you don't do it you go to hell you can't do it so um you know, I, I was like, I don't, I did not have access to any of that. Women are raised to leave the whole orgasm part to the man. That's what we're raised, and you're like, this is something that needs to be understood. Like a lot of girls are actively encouraged not to.
0: That, uh, wow, that's I didn't know that because, like, as, as growing up as a boy, like you just you just, I, like I didn't even think about this till now. Like you just sort of automatically. Masturbate because it's like it's just one day you're like, okay, this thing is like up, like, what I'm gonna do with it. But, but, but as a woman or as a, a young girl, like, when you have those feelings start to happen, like, you you you, you stop, you, you shut it down, shut
2: them down, shut them down. Girls are taught to shut them down, boys, wow. yes, you're right, you're right. One day, because it's so visual, right? One day they wake up you Know they're 12, 14, whatever they are, that you know, the thing is up, and then they're like, Okay, and it's like
1: oh.
2: it's kind of like encouraged or at least understood, like, Oh, well, you know, he's 14, right? You know, like, oh, what are you gonna do? But for women, girls are taught to shut that down, and then, um, of course, a lot of families are more progressive and they're more like, Oh, yeah, explore yourself, but they are very far and few in between, so. What happens is that after decades and decades of like at least knowing that you're not to explore yourself and if you're to do that, you're to do that on like really in a
0: hush, very hush. you don't tell even
2: hush, hush, don't tell anybody, which is problematic because then you don't know. You're going through things. I could honestly sit down here and tell you, I I thought I had never had an orgasm until like, um, whenever I started doing, uh, delving into these things because how, I'm like, and how old were you? Oh, 38, 39, wow. 39, like 37, something like that. And then, um, but then learning wait, with, oh, my, oh,
0: wait, so you never had an orgasm until in your thirties.
2: I thought I never did. And then with Mama Gina, wow. I learned that I was collapsing. It's a, that's like another God podcast in of itself, <laughs> right? So that um, because we tend to collapse our word, men orgasm is visual. It's like boom, boom, boom. You know, things come out. That's it. Women is different, and that's why she has a whole uh, uh, chapter called literacy. That's not. So I learned that what I call orgasm was like I was looking for like climaxing or whatever and those are two different things Mm. two different things and when mama gina talks about the massive extended massive orgasm it's like sensations just uh, for a woman it's like the sensations you feel in your body you can feel ticklish and vibrating all over your body a woman can have an orgasm without penetration a woman can have an orgasm without any like touch even involved right so that's the power of a Feminine. So then when that's,
1: I learn
0: that's like real deep connection to oneself to like to achieve that. Cause I've seen men do that video. I'm just like, how do they do that? Like without touching themselves. Like that's some like real connecting mentally down there.
2: Yeah. And so that's the first thing that we tend this is why she does her work. Like we tend to compare women to men and treat to women as though they have male bodies, mm. and there are two different types of bodies, and they operate in different styles. So it's like you cannot expect a woman's body to operate or to understand it the same way a man's body operates so the whole thing is like this just the whole approach of the society is like wrong like not wrong but inadequate i'm not i don't want to be like in the world of right or wrong but it's just inadequate for for girls Mm-hmm. right it's adequate for, I wouldn't say even for boys it's not even for boys because that's when you know you can go into toxic masculinity and all of that that's why I would say like this is like a whole other podcast yes. <laughs> but, um, but it's it's that and so the work of uh, the book right will give you a, an introduction to that like a sense of like this is there's is a whole world out there that you don't know that you don't know and the more you like start learning the more you you know that you 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 want to learn, and so for me, that's when I started looking at other resources because I was like, okay, I know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a church, so like church is not where I'm gonna find these answers. I have no one to talk to about this, right? Because my community is not in like precisely into that. I was the first in my community to start looking into these things, so I, it, it was. You know it, it was quite a, a, a journey as well but a, a, a beautiful one and a delicious one and and yeah I'm still learning I'm not you know but, but yeah
0: I'm curious because I think your fiance has taken his work so I don't know if you can share a little bit like you know how does did him doing this work made a difference when like when you first had sex when you first like exploring <laughs> that part. If you don't mind sharing, but like, you know, okay, I, well,
2: I, I guess I I don't know. I have to ask him for permission to like share. <laughs> but I can tell you this: um, it's not about sex, right? Like the sex, it's like it's not just the act of it, and the whole like the pleasing the feminine. It's you can do that in so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? And so, for example. He is very in tune with the feminine and he knows exactly how to like um, nurture. That's the word we use, nurture the feminine. So and how to bring the balance so that he knows that if I've been having, if I'm having like a super masculine energy uh, day, it's like, okay, let's bring some balance into it. A quick good way of doing that is by me having a a bath because the feminine likes taking baths. He likes the warm water. And so it's not unusual that I would get a text from work after like on my way from work, a text from him saying, would you like me to draw you a bath? And, you know, so like when I walk into my house, there is a bath. And that is like very, very um, um, uh, common for me to be like, yeah, I get this text very, very often. Very often. I don't take them for granted. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's very... Yeah, so it's like sometimes I come home from, from school, from, you know, from like a, a tough day at work and I have a bubble bath with flowers, petals, and like whatever waiting for me. And so then I dive into my feminine, right? And so when I am now with him, we're more balanced. And then that, you know, he holds a masculine pole, and then i'm in my feminine so what he does very well and he understands is that balance and that he as male and holding that masculine pole he is also responsible i don't i don't know if responsible is the word but he's there available to provide for me ways to bring the, the the feminine into balance and then from there everything else like it's not it's not about him and his pleasure and like you know a lot of men are like that but he's like he understands that um, it's about feminine and bringing pleasure and and the feminine and the bringing pleasure. And that is an area of, you know, of of satisfaction.
0: Let's just say that. And in many different ways. (laughs) So what are some like ways that I guess for both men and women to, well, well, one, start with women, like how, what are some tips or ways that women can start to nurture and, cultivate this feminine side of themselves to tap into their design and pleasure to you know because it, it just seems that this is a very important stage to to not not to um it's a very important part of a woman's natural way of being to attract what they want to get what they want to speak in this sort of language that is naturally theirs you know what i mean <clears throat> like how can women start to tap into more of their feminine quality and use it to cultivate love to cultivate what they want because you know she also talks about like you know women using this to like get not, not like like putting your boobs on on display but it's like tap into this deeper source with inside you to like to use that to get what you want in
1: life
2: yeah so and get what you want us in the desires I would uh, use the word desires for that um, quick things quick quick uh, things could be a bath that's like quick and easy right and if you have a bath just go ahead and really make that uh, a part of your life like and this goes both men and women sometimes I tell my fiance listen let's nurture your it's time to nurture the feminine and so like um, uh, he goes into a bath as well. Uh, that's a quick way. Feminine really likes that. Uh, flowers. Get yourself flowers. I want, You know, there's are like bodegas of self-flowers for like that. <laughs> like just stop and get yourself flowers. I used to do that a lot. Buy myself flowers. Um, take your time. Like take your time to eat. Even if it's one meal a day, like savor just like, hmm, let me savor my pasta. Mm, let me savor my soup, whatever. Like, you know, just like slow down. Even if it is not like, not every, I understand that because we're, you know, in a hurry all the time. Mm. But like, you know what, this coffee, I'm going to, I'm going to take my sweet time. Just to come, come down and be present. Uh, feminine likes nice, um, nice textures, feelings. So if you like, if, if you like velvet, some people like velvet. So just make sure you have something. I have this little like um, feather, right? Like this, just something to to bring you back into that. And it's so it's quick ways for women and to just get access to that. Um, Feminine energy. Um, in a workshop that I led at um, the Crystal Raven, uh, um, I talked about embody the embodiment part of it. So, like circles and any movement that is in a circular way, because masculine moves in like straight lines, and so the women that's why we move our hips in a circular way or we just like slow down. Anything circular will also nurture the feminine. Exactly what you're doing.
0: I was like...
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, and exactly how you're doing it. And if you notice, you're not doing that because you're like in a club, like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, tonight. It's not that. See (laughs) how it was different, right? I was like, hmm, it was very slow and pleasant and it like grounded you, it grounds you. I can can tell your face is just like... It brings it's, you,
0: it's almost kind of soothing almost.
2: It's very soothing. It brings you balance. And so these are like quick ways. And we forget. So uh establishing a sisterhood is key. Having a sisterhood that will uh, you know, people around you that will remind you of like let's 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 do this and let's practice this because it's it's not even though it's innate in you, you like, once you start doing it, you're like, oh, I can do this. This feels really good. I didn't know I could do this. If we have it in, in, in us, that is not promoted. So we forget.
0: Mm. Right. And, then, and, and sisterhood is great. And I'm curious of like, what type of sisterhood? Because then there's like, toxic relationships that you're in. And then there's very healthy um, sisterhood. So what, like, tell me, like, what is a, a healthy uh sisterhood and like you know maybe some because i listen, you know as a gay male i guess we call each other sister hey girl and you know i used to be um friends with this uh why i'm still friends but i don't hang out much with them because that sort of like you know sisterhood was very toxic and because there's toxic relationships and there's healthy relationships i had to really like especially when you start doing a lot of personal growth development work and especially being trained, you become very sensitive of like, hmm, like I don't feel as alive when I leave these people. I feel much more drained. I feel drained when I am in that group. Yeah. Uh, so like, what are some, I guess, I guess ways that people can know like, they're in a toxic sisterhood. And they need like it's time to shift, sorry, my group of people and create a more healthy
2: uh, sorry about that. There's like an alarm going up. Yeah. Okay.
0: So like what are some healthy characteristics of a healthy sisterhood?
2: Yes. Um so the first thing I'm gonna say about that is uh, there's a lot of toxicity out there because it's based or it was designed in what Mamajina calls the patriarchal world culture. Right, what? patriarchal world oh. culture right mm-hmm. so um when you are in your journey and as you start learning your tools
1: mm-hmm.
2: you want to have you want to like you're aware of this see i have my crown because i'm an initiated uh, sister goddess as mm-hmm. uh, she calls it right so i have a group of women who have done her work and I can go straight at, to them and I don't have to even explain. They are ready to receive me because they are just like me. We have done the work, right? And then there is my responsibility with the world, right? So I also know that it is on me to train those around me. So, but not from a moment, not from a point of view of like, mm, you're not transformed. Let me train no, right. <laughs> you. All right, right? Because that's, but for example, I use a lot of her tools, a lot of Mama Gina's tools. at work right, and just understanding that people fall into the toxicity sisterhood or, or brotherhood because they don't know any different, right? And it's not that they don't want to, right? Like actually, we're all craving positive sisterhood. We're all craving that, and so what I do is I introduce like. A simple tool and I say, Hey, um, would you mind doing this exercise with me? Like uh the desire inventory that I told you about, like the simple like five minutes, ask me these questions. And then, you know, I'm not doing it to um to tell them like, oh, you should do it. Like I actually how I introduce it is like we I really need this would you mind doing this with me and then they're like oh that's amazing i'm like okay would you like would you like to have your own desired inventory and then every now and then they ask me hey it, you know can we do that thing that you did the other day and lots, little by little you start transforming your environment and they know what to expect and what not to expect from you and having said that I have many different types of sisterhoods. many different, so that's like too many right, um, I have my landmark sisterhood, I have my other type of sisterhood, um, you need to consciously and intentionally create that but I would be, I would just say just be careful of, of being like I don't do that because as you discover new things for yourself just know that other people also um, need uh, their craving for, for the positive sisterhood. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Well, I'm curious to know about this man and like how this work has, you know, both Calling in the One and, I mean, has he done Calling in the One work? No. No.
1: Um,
0: You know, how has doing something like this really elevated your relationship?
2: So, um, with the Calling in the One book, uh, one of the last chapters it is that you sit down and write your uh, list the list, when she's like, she's like, you're uh, finally ready to, to write the list. Jimmy, he like, I sat down with him and he crosses off every item on that list. It was amazing. Right. I called in and one of the things in my list was that was important for me was, um, highly trained. I was like, I wanted somebody on the path, like trained, he came. I met him. He's done landmark. He's done B He's done all this, all the training. Like oh, I didn't know all that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, hmm. I was like,
0: good job. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> because
2: I just wrote it on the list. But I didn't know. Like it was I got what I wanted but, times 10. Um, I feel very supported uh, and I am someone who can also support him in mm. his in his dreams, in his goals, like we really created a partnership. And she talks about it in the book, Calling in like the One, like, you know, like um, spiritual partnership, someone who's really there creating with you and for you. And it's just amazing. And it became very evident uh, during the first uh, months of us being together, that we were each other's person and then the conversation evolved really quick. And my desires and his desires. And then, you know, in March this year, he asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. And, Mm. you know, I'm a beautiful uh, ring.
0: Aww. it is. What is the uh, wedding day?
2: It's July next year. July 2020. Yeah.
0: Where are you guys going to get married?
2: Where? Here in New York. In the New York area. And that's all I can say because he wants to keep the mystery. So
0: keep it a mystery, like this is a prize wedding.
2: Just some mystery. He likes some some mystery. So yeah, that's all the details I can say.
0: He's gonna just show up in a dress.
2: I have my dress already. I bought it. It's 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 beautiful. and uh, I'm enjoying the process. It's 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 a new it's sometimes I can't believe it. I'm like, cause so parts of me still operate as a woman. I, I was that woman only three years ago. Nice. That's a crazy part. Like only two, three years ago, I was that single woman who didn't have anybody. So sometimes it's, you know, for me, it's like, wait, what I'm engaged. Wait, wait what I'm getting married. Wait, what I have this person as this man, like my life is so different. Um, so there is an adjustment, uh, on my side uh of course that has happened and i'm very happy i'm like mm. yeah <laughs>
1: yeah well
0: thank you so much for bringing uh, your presence your story your training to crazy juicy love and i really thoroughly enjoyed being with you
1: Ah, uh, um, my pleasure
0: uh, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Hello, uh, and where can people find you online
2: So online, um, you can find me, you can send me an email at saibelnunez at gmail.com. And I'm still working on my social media, but Saibelita would be my social media that you can find me online. S-A-Y-B-E-L-I-T-A. That's where you'll find me.
0: All right, that's Saibel Nunez. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and um, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey guys, so don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Thank you guys for joining me. This is Jimmy Allen with Crazy Juicy Love.